Section 6E of Bible Defense of Slavery by Josiah Priest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. No nation of the globe has equaled the Jews in the enslaving of the Negro nations, except the Negroes themselves. For even Moses assisted in reducing one of the fiercest of the nations who opposed him and the Hebrews in their progress toward the land of Canaan, to personal and literal slavery. These were the Amalekites, dwelling on the wilderness side of Canaan toward Egypt on the south. This was done after the famous battle fought between the Hebrews and the Amalekites, over which Moses presided, when Hur and Aaron supported his arms as he held out toward the contending armies from the top of the mountain, the fatal spear. See Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. The prisoners, then taken in that conflict, were reduced to personal slavery, and that under the eye and approval of Moses, which, had it been wrong or a sin, would then and there have been rebuked, as God allowed of no heinous or public crime in the camp of the Hebrews, to go unpunished and reproved on the spot. But how is it proved that Moses did this, seeing the Bible does not mention the circumstance? It is proven by Josephus. See his Jewish Antiquities, Book 3, Chapter 2, page 85, who there says that the victory then won was the occasion of their, that is, the Hebrews, prosperity, not only for the present, but for future ages also. For they not only made slaves of the bodies of their enemies, but effectually damped their minds, and after the battle the Hebrews became terrible to all that dwelt round about them. Even the temple of God had its slaves of the Negro and Canaanitish race, who were called the Nethinims, or slaves of the temple, says Dr. Clark, who were the descendants of the Gibeonites, condemned to that condition by Joshua. See First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 2. That the Jews made bond-slaves of such of the Canaanites as they took in war, is shown, First Chronicles chapter 5, from the 18th to the 22nd verse inclusive, where the history of a great battle is related, that took place between the Israelites and a people of old Canaan, called Hongarites, of whom they made 100,000 prisoners. These prisoners, says Clark in his comment on the place, were made slaves of, and not slain in the war. From 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 39 and 40, it appears that private citizens of the city of David had slaves of the black or negro race who were Canaanites. The place reads as follows. And it came to pass at the end of three years, in the time of King David, that two servants of one Shimei ran away out of Judea unto Achish, son of Maka, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, 
behold, thy servants be in Gath. And Shemai arose and saddled his ass, and went to Gath, to Achish, to seek his servants from Gath. That these two servants were of the Negro race is shown by their running away to Gath, as Gath was inhabited by Philistines, a branch of the house or race of Metzarim, a son of Ham, and founder of the first settlement of Lower Egypt. These Philistines, it appears, had not as yet, though in the days of David, been cut off by the wars of the Jews. It was, therefore, natural for the two slaves of the wealthy Shimei to fly for protection to a people of their own color and nation. Had those servants been of the Hebrew blood, and entitled to their freedom at the Jubilee, which happened at the end of every six years, they never would have fled from their own people and country to a negro heathen people. If these servants of Shimei had not been slaves, in the property sense of the word, but merely hired men, as abolitionists contend all servants were, then were they free men, and had no need of running away out of the country from their owner. Neither could Shemai have demanded and took them away from Gath, as he did, had they not been slaves. For at this time there was no war between the Jews and the people of Gath. They were, therefore, slaves and of the race of Ham, in the proper sense of the word. There is no subject upon which the scriptures have spoken that is more circumstantial and plain than that of individual slavery in relation to the descendants of the blood of Ham. First of all, and more than four hundred years before the giving of the law by Moses, at the very time when God made a covenant with Abraham respecting the promised Messiah, the sign of which was circumcision, we find the buying of slaves, even by Abraham, incidentally alluded to. See Genesis chapter 17, verses 13 and 23, as follows. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with money, must needs be circumcised. And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, slaves and all, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self-same day, as God had said to him. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 44, the buying of slaves is also incidentally mentioned as follows. But every manservant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall ye eat thereof, that is, of the Passover. But that such servants as were bought with money, as above spoken of, were not so many hired men, as abolitionists seem to believe, appears from the next verse, the forty-fifth, following the above quotation, which reads thus, A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. 
From this statement it is clear, therefore, that a bond-slave was not considered a hired man. Is not this decisive, respecting the difference between the two characters? At the same time, when God made this covenant with Abraham, he was dwelling at a place called Bethel, Genesis chapter 13, verse 3, which was in the very midst of the Canaanite country, of whom, therefore, could he have bought his bondmen, except of the black people of Canaan, who at that time possessed the country as the original inhabitants. It is likely also that many of his slaves were brought with him from Egypt on his return from that country, to which he and Lot had fled some years before, on account of a great famine in the country of Canaan. Genesis chapter 10 verse 12 as at the time he was rich in silver, gold, cattle, and slaves. In these countries, Egypt and Canaan, there were at this time no other people but the aboriginal Negroes. The people, afterward known as Ishmaelites, or Arabs, did not then exist. Nor had the white nations of men penetrated those countries from the north where they first settled after the flood. The servants or slaves of Abraham, therefore, were of the Negro race, and them only. Abraham was not ignorant of the fiat of Noah in relation to that people, nor of their naturally low caste of mind, on which account he felt for them and bought as many as he could out of pity as under his protection, they were much more happy than in a state of freedom. From Genesis chapter 26, verses 13 and 14, we learn that Isaac, the son of Abraham, had a vast host of slaves at the time he dwelt in Gerah among the Philistines, who were, as before said, a branch of the family of Egypt. The account is as follows. And the man, that is Isaac, waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, and possessions of herds, and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. In this trait of the patriarchal history, respecting their wealth, it seems that their slave property is mentioned and mixed up with the inventory, the same as is the account of flocks and herds, making no difference between them. From the reasoning of Adam Clark on the meaning of the word servant, it appears that the term slave is the highest possible idea the word conveys, while the word servant is but a secondary and accommodated or lower application and meaning of the term. See his comment on the first chapter of the Romans, page 36, where he insists that to be the servant of Jesus Christ was, as St. Paul has said, to be his slave or property, and that he had no right to himself or any of the powers of soul or body all belonging to his master, Jesus Christ. 
this therefore establishes that the term bond servant as used everywhere in the bible signifies a bond slave and not a hired servant or a servant of any other kind but slave in the true property sense of the word and who is the man that can gainsay the criticisms of dr adam clark on the ancient languages especially the hebrew and greek slavery and the possession of slaves in all patriarchal jewish and christian history as given in the bible was as popular as was the possession of property of any other kind that the great store of servants possessed by isaac the son of abraham when he lived in gerar among the philistines south toward egypt and not a great way from the place where in after ages the temple was built were slaves of the negro race is shown from the fact that the people of canaan egypt philistia etc were blacks at that time the servants or slaves therefore which isaac had must have been of that race at that time there were no ishmaelites no edomites no moabites no ammonites no descendants of abraham lot jacob or esau of any account all these families at the time of jacob's flourishing were but young like himself and of necessity were at that time but few in number even in his own family there were but two sons jacob and esau from this it follows therefore that the slaves he had were somehow procured from among the people where he sojourned and got his great wealth this to the writer appears as absolute demonstration of the same race were the servants who were given to abraham by king abimelech of gerar long before the birth of isaac see genesis chapter twenty verse fourteen where there is an account of the great fear that king fell into on account of his love to sarai abraham's wife but god showed him in a dream that he must not touch her or himself with all his house should die now when abimelech had seen god in this dream and had been directed what to do it is written in the chapter above quoted that he made great presents to abraham of sheep oxen men and women servants besides a thousand pieces of silver now if the servants who were given by abimelech to abraham together with the sheep and oxen were not property slaves how could he have done it or how could the righteous man abraham have received them and thus take away their liberty if they had any except he considered it right to enslave them but abimelech did thus give them together with the herds and abraham did thus receive them had these servants thus transferred no relation to leave no affinities of kindred from whom they were parted by the inexorable abimelech and abraham in whose ears the loud and heart-rending cries of sons 
grandmothers and babes sounded as sweet music no doubt but they had just as much as is often the case among the negro families of the south in america and elsewhere when they are sold or transferred and yet abraham took them that righteous man of god and a holy prophet what would the abolitionists have said if they had been there o ye powers how they would have spouted forth words of mighty eloquence stamped with their feet and banged about with their fists looked red in the face stretched up their length in altitude frowned grinned and shook their heads as they do nowadays when holding forth abolitionism and particularly when paid for it by the year some six or eight hundred dollars respecting the servants of abraham especially those that were bought with his money they were of the same race for the same reason as above there being no other people at the time in old canaan but the blacks of the country for abraham was a foreigner a chaldean from beyond the euphrates east but after the lapse of some four or five hundred years going down to the time of moses and the wars of canaan when the descendants of the blood of abraham besides the jews had become innumerable abolitionists in order to make sport of the opinion that the jews when they had got possession of canaan made slaves of the people instead of hiring them ask with a leer how they did it they wish to know if they took an armed band with ropes and shackles so as to tie them when they were caught and thus compel them to slavery but of this query there is no need for moses long before they had possession of canaan pointed out how this was to be done especially in times of peace for the jews were not always at war with the canaanites see leviticus chapter twenty five verse forty five where the mode of getting slaves is alluded to as follows moreover of the children of the strangers that do sojourn among you of them ye shall buy and of their families that are with you which they begat or may beget in your land and they shall be your possession here the difficulty vanishes and with it the imagined armed band ropes and shackles of abolitionism as there could be no need of tying children whom they might buy of such canaanitish families as would be willing to sell them it is well known that the negroes of all ages have been in the practice of selling their own children when pressed by want as they now do nearly all over africa who also enslave myriads of their own people by force as we shall show in the course of the work as to the race inland in canaan they were never entirely exterminated by the jews as there were always remnants of tribes left in the land who continued during the whole jewish history from moses until they were destroyed by the romans a lapse 
of more than fifteen hundred years. There was always, therefore, abundant opportunity for the Jews to purchase children of the people of that caste for slaves, as Moses had told them in the law should be their privilege. Having, as proposed in the commencement of this section, shown that the law of Moses did endorse and sanction the enslaving of the race of Ham, as denounced by Noah, and that the Hebrews, through the whole Jewish history, acted toward them on that principle, we pass to other matters respecting the race. One of those matters will consist of an inquiry whether God created the race of Ham equal with the descendants of the other sons of Noah, in point of native intellectuality, and especially with those of Japheth, the white race. From Noah's lips went forth the dire account, which echoed on the top of Sinai's mount, that God judicially decreed by name the race of Ham for slaves, the lambent flame, gave out a voice, all holy, not a flaw, and there endorsed the same in Hebrew law. Now let no erring man deride the stroke, for judgment is God's strange and fearful work. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 26 End of section 6